Hello. Is that too loud? It looks a little too loud on the Zoom here. Let me turn it down a little. Is that more reasonable? I just don't want to have like those sharp sounds. Anyway, it's been a minute. Um, Yes, on my last podcast, I was a little upset and I was drunk, you know, but I I, uh, was just expressing myself as I wanted to. I think it went fine, got some good feedback, but whatever. Um, Oh my God, it's March 1st, 2021. Like, honestly, can't believe it. Um, Can't believe that so much time has passed um, in my lifetime. (laughs) I'm 34 now. I'm shocked that I'm 34 years old. It's shocking to me. Like, truly, yesterday I was 27. That's what it feels like. I was in Trader Joe's the other night and, you know, I still get carded because, you know, I look great. But um, the guy asked for my ID and uh, he noticed my birthday. He was like, oh, happy, happy late birthday. It was January 26th, whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, thanks. You know, he goes, oh, you're an Aquarius. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then I, I asked him, I'm like, well, what are you? And he's like, well, I'm a Leo. I was like, well, how old are you? He's like 27. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) I barely remember being 27. I mean, I remember it. I know things that happened. I know what I was doing. I was already doing stand-up in LA. I was in a horrible, abusive relationship that I remember, you know, but I've healed from. And... Yeah, I can't believe how long ago that was. It's amazing. Seven fucking years. 34 is still really young, you know, when you think about it. When you consider how how old people live to be now. Like, for example, um, last week we had an interesting celebrity death that shocked me. Because I thought this person had been dead for decades already. It's uh, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, uh, who was a beat poet... And I think he founded the City Lights bookstore in San Francisco, you know, but he was, you know, part of that group of poets that, um, you know, if you meet a white man at a liberal arts school, uh, he most likely will be like, hey, have you heard of Jack Kerouac? And that's how he's going to try to woo you into bed. He's going to, you know, talk about how he loves Jack Kerouac. He may... um read an Allen Ginsberg poem. If he's real deep, he'll get into Gregory Corso. Oh my God. I lost my, my first serious boyfriend. He was like super into the beat poets. And looking back on it, I just think how basic that is. Like being into the beat poets is the most basic thing for men. Like for women who are basic, what do you basic women like? trying to think taylor swift i guess i'm not trying to like insult taylor swift but i always feel like her music is pretty basic i mean she has that one song that came out recently i forget what it's it's on her album folklore but i've no i don't know what the song is called i just when it comes on the radio i like it but yeah um yeah but i the beat poets are the equivalency of male basicness so if you meet a man who's like, I love the beat poets, like they're going to be so fucking boring. 
because there's so many like better poets. <laughs> it's like that's like shitty poems. It's shitty poetry. I said it. I said it. I said the beat poets are shitty. And I'm going to tell you my favorite poets right now off the top of my head. Um, John Ashbery. Have you heard of him? Have you heard of him? Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I mean, you have like, I mean, if you're like into poetry, you know who he is. Frank O'Hara. What about him? You know, he died a true artist's death. Okay. Not an overdose. He got run over by like a vehicle on the beach. <laughs> I think, and I think he was like in the hospital for a month until he died. It's not funny, but like, I just, I remember he was like sunbathing or something and he got run over. Ugh. It was in New York, I think. Um, yeah, he's really good. Frank O'Hara, I, you know, remember the show Mad Men? You should, uh, because it was on the air, I believe last when I was 27. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I should see what year Mad Men ended, but there's, there is an episode named after a Frank O'Hara collection of poems. It's called Meditations in an Emergency. Uh, yeah, Mad Men ended in 2015. Oh my God. 2015. It ended. I, oh my God. That's so fucking crazy. Yeah. So I was, 28 when it ended that's crazy one of the best shows ever made i've watched the entire series twice but um yeah there's a madman episode called meditations in an emergency and it is a reference to frank o'hara so you know i i did spend a hundred and fifty thousand dollars on an english degree at nyu to simply know that reference and it was worth it. It was worth it. You know, every every month when I write that check for my student loans, I think, man, I'm glad I, I know who Frank O'Hara was. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think. Th- oh, yeah. So this is the episode um, about the Cuban Missile Crisis. You know, classic stuff. So anywho, it's March 1st, as I said. Um, we're encroaching upon the one year anniversary of the, you know, the quarantine portion of the pandemic. I think prior to March, you know, we had, you know, knowledge of this virus happening. I remember, I think as early as like late January, it was on the news and people were like, what is this coronavirus? What's going on? And then in like one year ago today, I was in Portland doing comedy, you know, as I once did. And (laughs) I was there like, yeah, late February, early March. I think I came back to LA on March 2nd. Um, And I remember when I was flying at that time, I remember before I went on the trip, I was kind of like scared of the virus already. So I was already thinking about it. And I was already like wondering if it's safe to travel. And I mean, I, I did it, you know, I made it that whole trip in Portland, you know, I was out at like bars and, you know, drinking with people and doing comedy and, you know, spittle was getting in the air and I survived. I didn't get the virus this whole time, which honestly shocks me because I've been 
you know, I did work from home for a few months, but I worked from home from like March 17th until like late July. And then I was back in an office and I've been back in an office ever since then. So I've made it. Let's see. Six, seven, eight. Well, since July, let's see. Five, six, seven. Yeah, eight months without getting the virus. And I've been going to work nearly every day. Did a pretty good job. I am half vaccinated. Um, I, I should let you know that I do get the second vaccine shot this week. Um, I didn't get it because I'm fat. I know that some of you may think that. Um, some of my haters who listen to this podcast, you may automatically think, well, she got it because she's fat. That's not true. I got it because I work in healthcare. I'm not, no, I'm not a healthcare professional. I work in the legal department of a healthcare nonprofit. And that's that. I don't want to tell you anymore, but I qualified for it that way. So, you know, everything's, everything's going to be fine, right? Um, I, I'm so, I, when stand up comes back, I just, I can totally see it just being the same way it was before. Cause in Los Angeles, the way stand up is, is that there's like the same 12 people who are booked on every show. And it's like a combination of like six of the 12 people are booked on a show. And then like, it, you know, it gets mixed up on the, like the next show. And then it's just those same 12 people being like booked over and over again. And that's comedy here. Fuck that. Like, <laughs> I'm so, I don't, honestly don't even know. Well, I'm for sure never doing an open mic ever again. Like, are you kidding me? First of all, I'm 34 years old. I'm not doing an open mic. And then second of all, <laughs> just think about the carnage. Like people are, people were gross before the virus and people will be even more gross after the virus, I think. So I, I will not be doing open mics. I think anyone who does an open mic after the pandemic is just like sick. And I know of people who've been doing comedy this entire time. And I think they're fucking crazy. Like there are, are underground open mics, underground shows inside and outside. And <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just can't respect that. I just can't. I've been so careful this whole time because I don't want to take the risk of getting sick. Because the thing about this virus, whether or not you believe in it, whether or not you think it's as serious as it is or isn't, it it's completely random in the way that it affects everyone. So you have no idea what you're going to get. Okay, that's the problem. And then also, <laughs> it's possible that like I could have at some point been asymptomatic and like spread it to someone, which disgusts me. Like if you're not disgusted by the thought that you could possibly have spread the virus to someone who gave it to like their grandma and their grandma died from the virus. You have no conscious conscience, conscience, conscious conscience. You have no conscience. <laughs> I mean, that should really disturb you. It doesn't matter 
<laughs> if you think like, oh, I just need to get back to my normal life. You know, I just need to get back to my normal life. Yeah. I mean, we all do. We all want to get back to our normal lives. I Oh, I totally want to get back to, uh, you know, doing fucking stand up for no money and, uh, you know, going to a bar with my friends and getting trashed. And like doing too much cocaine, you know, love it. Uh, <laughs> can't wait to get back. Yeah. See, that's the thing is like, how good was your life before this thing anyway? Was it great? Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. I'm pretty introverted though. Um, so I'm fine with not seeing people, except I feel like I kind of hit a wall in December. You know, after I got, you know, abandoned by a man that I love, you know, of course, as usual. And, um, yeah, that's been hard. I mean, I'm doing better with it, but, um, God, like, <laughs> like there's, there is nothing, honestly, for me, like nothing more painful than like serious heartbreak. Like I, ugh, it's so fucking bad. I've lost weight from it. I've lost like 10 pounds because I'm sad. You know, I'm sure it's coming back. But if you make me sad enough, if you break my heart, I'm losing weight, which I did. You can check out my Instagram and and see that I look thinner in the face. If you're if you're asking, did she did she really lose weight? Yeah, I did. Um, man. Well, the cultural zeitgeist is a little uh. It's a little barren lately. There's not a lot happening culturally. And I don't know. I feel like it's because there's like not a lot of fresh content. I think they're desperate for content, which is why I should pitch my show. Um, but I mean, this is the thing <laughs> everyone's talking about this right now. The Alan V. Farrow documentary on HBO. Folks, listen, um, I don't know about you, but it was not enough to see every one of Woody Allen's movies to know that he married his adopted daughter, you know, not enough evidence for me to know that he is a sexual abuser. (laughs) I mean, come on. Like who, who else is shocked by this? I, I honestly can't believe that people are still defending Woody Allen in 2021 it doesn't even like so the the documentary is talking about it's focusing on trigger warning um the accusation of sexual abuse from his adopted daughter dylan from when she was like six or seven years old you know so this was like i think the early 90s 1992 and just like the whole aftermath of that like there was a a whole fight between him and Mia Farrow and the custody thing and all that shit. And to be frank, you know, he, he's so creepy. I mean, we know this. We've known that he's creepy. In, in almost all of his movies, he has that, the exact creepy dynamic that he clearly excuse my language, gets off on. (laughs) 
I mean, it's, it's so obvious. And people who are like, still like, oh my God, like, I, you know, I just, there's just not enough evidence. We'll never know. We'll never know. Well, folks, I mean, his most popular movie of all time, his most praised movie of all time is about statutory rape. I mean, <laughs> like, get fucking real. Have you seen Manhattan? Seriously, if first of all, if you like Woody Allen and you've never seen Manhattan, you you don't know shit about him. I mean, these 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 are the classics, but like this movie, of course, does not hold up. I mean, because it's disgusting. Um, so this movie, he is forty two years old. He's a television writer. You know, he's a you know funny intellectual Jewish television writer, as he was. <laughs> IRL, you know, always plays a version of himself. And then his love interest is 17 years old, played by Mariel Hemingway, who was actually 17 years old when they filmed this. It's fucking disgusting when you look at it now. There's like scenes when they're like making out. (laughs) And it's just so like, oh my God, it's so gross. It's so gross. Because all of his movies, well, not all of them, but like most of them, a good majority of them, they have those same tropes of like, okay, like, so here's this older intellectual type man who's nerdy and neurotic, you know, but somehow he's like kind of charming because he's funny. And there's either like one or two younger women, much younger than him, who are always like, Oh my God, they're so like enticed by this man, right? They're, they're like, Oh my God, like he's so, he's so sexy. Like he's so hot. You know, I just want to fuck him. And they're all, they're like 20 and he's like, (laughs) you know, 68. And that, that's what all of his movies are. I'm sorry, but like, I don't think he hid anything about who he really is. It was all, in front of us. And I think this is, this is with a lot of artists, you know, I mean, Louis CK, for example, like he wasn't hiding shit. Like so much of his standup is about like jerking off and like, what about the, the joke where he's talking about like jerking off and it, like, what, what is it like, you know, what's the, <laughs> um, what was the most inappropriate time to be, to be jerking off after 9-11 and he was like well jerking off in between the two towers as they fell or something i kind of butchered that but you know what i mean like he wasn't hiding anything you know there's just always these apologists and i think i understand why that is i think there's just a lot of people who are unwilling to understand that you can hold two entirely separate ideas in your mind at one time. You know, like someone can be like a total like piece of fucking garbage and be a great artist at the same time. You don't, you don't need to separate the art from the artist. Okay. You don't because that art reflects who that person is. If you look closely, you have to look at it close, look at it closely there's a Foo's Gone Wild reference for you. Um, it's a meme. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Like if you've seen any number of Woody Allen's movies, like, you know, you know what he's done. 
it's just so obvious this documentary is so fucking disturbing like don't watch it unless you're like ready to be disgusted it's it's awful you know and then some people are arguing well oh with a docu the documentary is one-sided it doesn't tell his side of the story i i can't think of any documentary where it's not one-sided that's kind of what a documentary is it kind of presents an argument and then proves that right there aren't very many neutral documentaries like is that what people were saying when like what documentary came i don't know when super size me came out they're like oh this is you know this is a biased documentary against mcdonald's no they weren't saying that but it is it's like anti fast food propaganda basically how is morgan spurlock doing is he is he okay great documentarian you know of course best known for supersize me he did something else i think he also i think he produced um the rats documentary that was on netflix did anyone see rats that's even worse than the woody allen documentary rats look it up it's about it's about rats oh my god i'm on morgan spurlock's (laughs) wikipedia it says in december 2017 spurlock wrote a blog post admitting to a history of sexual misconduct the fuck after publishing his blog post he stepped down from his position with warrior poets a company he had founded in 2004 see here's the thing where no one is innocent no one is innocent we live in a in a patriarchal society where women are expected to act a certain way where men are expected to act as you know <sighs> alphas you know saviors of women you know that's what it is oh he hasn't done anything since 2017 well i guess he's not doing great oh yeah but rats <laughs> is a 2016 documentary let's see the film primarily focuses on rat infestations and exterminations including methods such as night patrol teams in mumbai snapping rats necks and the practice of ratting in england mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really disgusting um the director also journeys to Karna Mata Temple in India, where over 35,000 black rats are revered by devotees who believe them to be reincarnated human beings. It's amazing stuff. Rats. Yeah, so Woody Allen. I see, here's the thing, I'll admit it. Like, I, there's a lot of his movies I'd like. There are. You know, Annie Hall, obviously, great movie. Midnight in Paris, great movie. Okay. What else did I like? <laughs> Some of actually, I'll, I'll admit, like, I think the last Woody Allen movie I did see in the theater, I think I did go to see Cafe Society in the theater. And that was kind of recent. Because, oh, 2016. Because I kind of, I remember around that time I was talking to somebody saying like, I think I'm going to go see cafe society. And I was like, do you think I should wear a disguise if I, if I go see this movie in the theater? So 
back then in 2016, the, you know, it was already like bad to be appreciative of Woody Allen <laughs> openly, you know? And honestly, I think, so the funniest Woody Allen scene in a movie ever, I think is the part in Annie Hall when they're about to do cocaine and they're, <laughs> he's holding like a tray of cocaine and he's like, well, how much does this cost? And the guy he's with is like, oh, it costs about $2,000 an ounce. And then he sneezes and the cocaine just goes everywhere. Fucking unbelievable. So fucking funny. That's not the point, though. Yes. Oh, but it is the point. Because you can be funny and talented and interesting and also an abuser. I know that baffles some people, but it's true. And you kind of have to reconcile that thinking in your mind a lot of the time, you know. So it doesn't make you a bad person if you're going to watch, you know, Hannah and her sisters for research purposes or whatever the fuck you're going to do. You know, you can watch it. I would, I would say that art kind of changes as you learn more about the artist. You know, there's, you'll view something after learning something about someone and it'll just look and feel different. That's how it was for me. I watched a, a, a Louis C.K. special after the whole thing went down. And I was like, yeah, this is this has a totally different meaning to it now. And maybe you should try that, you know. I'm not saying, like, yeah, definitely support bad people. But I do think that art changes a tone when you learn something about the artist, you know. That's just my two cents. What do I know? I went to freaking NYU. I spent $150,000 going to NYU and I'm still paying it off. <laughs> mm. So yeah, think about that. Think about that. <sighs> do you remember when Scarlett Johansson was one of Woody Allen's muses for like two years and she got too old? She's 36 now. So I, she was in Matchpoint, which I think came out in like 2004. So she was 20 in that. And then like she was in Vicky Cristina Barcelona. And then, you know, after that, she was just too fucking old for him. So, you know, he like changes his muses every few years. And I think after that, he was like obsessed with um, Kristen Stewart. Because then there was another movie. Was was it Kristen Stewart? Where The one with Larry David? Let me see. It's called Whatever Works. 2009. I think it's Kristen. Oh, no. Maybe it's Evan Rachel Wood. Ugh. I can't I can't keep track. Yeah, it's Evan Rachel Wood. 2009. Yeah, so he's obviously an old guy. And there's this young girl who comes to live with him. And yeah, fill in the rest. It's gross. <laughs> It's gross. What else is going on? God, I felt like I had so much to say the other day, but I kind of forgot some of what I wanted to say. Hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, how are you guys doing? I think the pandemic is kind of winding down, which is exciting, but... Quite honestly, I mean, I don't think things will 
ever really be back to the normal that we knew before all of this. And that's fine. I'm fine with it. You know, it's the end of an era. The end of an era. I keep, um, is anyone into the stock market? I am. Are you in the stock market? Is this relatable? Um, the whole like GameStop thing. Bad. <laughs> I, I want to give an investment tip right now. If, if every dumb person in your life is talking about a stock or an investment, it's, it's garbage. If this is true, if everybody's talking about it, it's garbage. Take that tip. I have some hot tips, but I don't want to give them away on on this podcast where clearly thousands of people listen to this and it's very successful and it rivals Joe Rogan with the amount of knowledge that is dropped on this podcast every time I decide to publish an episode. That's another thing. I did I did watch a Joe Rogan episode recently just to see what men are up to. And I have to say it's not much. And I'm all for that. They don't need to be doing much. So many people I know moved to Texas recently. And as you all probably know, a couple of weeks ago there was like a horrible like snowstorm and in Texas and like people died and there was no heat. People were fucking freezing to death out there. And it honestly could be because open mic comedians moved to Texas and it was God's way of saying, please leave. But what do I know? I'm not a superstitious person. I do believe in karma. You know, I think karma is really slow, though. I don't think I've seen (laughs) people who have hurt me really, you know, get their karma yet. But we will. We will see it. Yeah. Did you watch the Golden Globes? I did. <laughs> Awful stuff. Um, I can't believe they even had awards this year for movies that barely exist. Like three movies came out last year and they still had the awards. I'm exaggerating, but it was awful. Like everything was on Zoom and it was just awful. Jason Sudeikis was on there in a hoodie and he won an award unexpected. He was like fucking drunk and in a hoodie and shocked that he won a Golden Globe. <laughs> he like looks like the pandemic. If you go on my Twitter, you could see some memes that I posted of poor Jason Sudeikis. I mean, he got dumped. I got dumped. What is more relatable than that? You know, being dumped during a pandemic. Can you handle it? That's only for the strong. It's only for the strong. God saves his toughest. What is it? God saves his toughest journeys for his strongest soldiers. Something like that. Something like that. I'm strong. I can handle it. I'm falling apart on the inside and I've had some wine. Not as much wine as I had last time. Mm-hmm. God's toughest battles. God's t- right into the podcast on rulypodcast.gmail.com if you know the saying. But you know what I mean. Oh no, did somebody die? I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I'm just like seeing who died here. 
Oh, I thought this guy died like a year ago. Yeah, he did. Um, doesn't matter. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything to look forward to? Let's see. I think next year I want to go to Japan. So I'm thinking about that. I'm just trying to like think of positive things to get me through this year, even though I think it's already dragging ass, you know, I'm trying to get myself together, you know, for the rest of the, uh, the year, you know, it's been hard to find some motivation because I've been sad, but I think I'm starting to bounce back, which is good. You know, we all, we all need some time to be sad, you know, and if we don't take that time to be sad, we end up becoming mass shooters. Not, not always, but you know what I mean? The news lately is so fucking bleak. All I ever see. So I go on, I go on, uh, Facebook and I, <laughs> I read the news on Facebook because they like curate stories for whatever, I guess it's whatever you click on most. They probably put similar stories on there. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh my God. So, oh, I, this is something I saw today. Madison Cawthorn, who, is he a congressman? He's like some Republican congressman in a wheelchair. People eat that shit up. People are like, oh my God, like this, this poor white, blonde, handsome man in a wheelchair. 25 years old. Get the fuck out of here. That's so fucking depressing. (laughs) Madison Cawthorn lied about crash that partially paralyzed him. No, this is true. So he lied. So he was paralyzed from the waist down in a car accident. He was not in Iraq. Okay. He would have been (laughs) too young to be in Iraq because he was born in 19 fucking five, 19 fucking 95. Unbelievable unbelievable yeah so he's a congressman he's a congressman and so he lied (laughs) about the accident he said that like his friend like abandoned him to like burn alive in the car and that's not true his friend pulled him out of the car and he's like uh no that's not true and he also like said that he was declared dead (laughs) at the scene of the accident but uh the report said that that's not true. <laughs> he was not dead. Obviously, I mean, he's alive. But, you know. <coughs> Oops. Coughed. Um, God, that's, that's so fucked up. Oh, Army Hammer moved out of his Los Angeles house in the middle of the night. Well, we all know what that means. He's, uh, he's in trouble. The Lady Gaga... Uh, dog walker <laughs> who got shot four times. I mean, the dogs got returned and nobody is like, what about the guy who got shot four times? Nobody cares. They're like, oh. Oh my God. Oh yeah. So I saw, this is a story I saw today. A six-year-old little boy was killed by his own mom. So I guess she was like trying to abandon him in a park. This is so depressing. Trigger warning. Um, She was trying to like abandon him in a park, you know, and um. He was like running after the car and she ended up like dragging him with the car. I hate saying this, but he died and um she's going to prison. 
But these are the stories that Mark Zuckerberg thinks I want to see, and he's 100% right. Just lots of murder, lots of murder-suicide, or and or suicide. So, you know. All the things I want to see. Oh, Danny Lee. Who I'm still kind of vague on who she is, because I'm 34 years old. But she's um, a singer who apparently isn't black and she she released a song that's called yellow bone which is you know a reference to being light-skinned black and she claims to be dominican but she isn't dominican she's so fucking like it's bad hmm what else is in the news no no okay that's too positive oh yeah the tiger woods car accident well, they think he might have fallen asleep at the wheel. I mean, who hasn't done that a little bit? Uh, <laughs> you know, that was huge news last week. There wasn't a lot of news last week. They were talking about um, the plane with the engine that fell off the plane. Like the engine failed and like parts fell off over Colorado where I grew up. You know, no big deal. And, um, that's the only thing that was on the news last weekend. It was, it's like ever since Trump has been gone, I think there's like nothing to talk about and people are bored and it's like people are mad and sad and depressed that their abusive boyfriend, Donald J. Trump is gone. I really believe that. I think people like actually loved that he was president because they had something to like fucking tweet about they're like i am so mad i'm so mad that this man is president yeah it's sad i mean there's nothing i mean there's nothing really in the news you know because we have just like a regular old conservative democrat who bombs people you know, just just like we are meant to do in the U.S. of A. We just, we just bomb poor people. That's what we do. Fuck. And people are, like, bored. They're like, <laughs> for a while, they were like, where's my $1,400? Where is it, Biden? <laughs> and now they're just, like, not saying anything. They don't care. Because... <laughs> Because, I mean, even if Biden is, like, losing his mind, he's just not crazy enough to hold people's attention. Like, nobody cares, you know. I don't know. You know, America got... America broke up with their abusive boyfriend, and they're having withdrawals, you know. We trauma bonded with Donald J. Trump, and now he's gone, He's gone. Remember when he got COVID and we hoped he was going to die? <sighs> he has good, good, strong German genes, you know. But he's going to, I don't know what's going to happen to him. Maybe he's going to disappear. Maybe not. So I do want to know where my $1,400 is, though. I would like to have it. What's coming up? Let's see. It's March 1st. <sighs> I don't have any comedy feuds. No shows coming up. 
I've been doing some videos on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok, Unruly Marilly. I need to start doing more TikToks. I'm 34 and I need to start doing more TikToks. Oh my God. Horrible. I'm on Clubhouse. If you're on Clubhouse, same handle, Unruly Marilly. I guess that's it. I mean, there's nothing really much else to say. Uh, enjoy the next two episodes of Alan V. Farrow. I will be watching it, um, and pretending that I'm not, but I will be watching it. And that's it, folks. I mean, it's almost, it's almost airy season. You know, the season in which every man I've dated was born. Not every, I'm exaggerating, but you know, here we are, March, 2021. It's shocking and it's rude. I was not ready for this. I was not ready to be 34 years old, but I am. Okay, stay safe out there. Yeah, in the sky